usually ask for five minutes of your time. But because this is a bonus episode, I'm going to move with the spirit today. Before I begin, I need to put out a disclaimer. When I say nigga, I am using the philosopher Tupac's definition. Never ignorant, getting goals accomplished. I'm going to repeat myself. Never ignorant, getting goals accomplished. With that being said, let's hear the words laid upon my heart. But let justice roll down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. On this 4th of July, I will discuss how whiteness obstructs the stream of righteousness. How whiteness obstructs the stream of righteousness. On November 4, 2008, I was overwhelmed with glee. As an undergraduate at the University of Pittsburgh, I was a part of history. I helped elect the first black president of the United States of America, Barack Hussein Obama. During his campaign, the momentous chant, Yes, We Can, captured my imagination of what the U.S. could be. A country where, in the words of MLK, people are judged by their character, not color. A country where his dream becomes a reality. When the official results came in, I, along with my friends, rushed the streets and celebrated this watershed moment. I don't know what our ancestors would feel or say about Obama, but those who grew up in Jim Crow yielded to emotion because in the age of separate and unequal, the idea of a black president wasn't even a pipe dream. It was seemingly impossible. But fate is undefeated. Obama would not be denied. Yes, we can became yes, we did. People declared that the U.S. was officially a post-racial society. Unbeknownst to me, this post-racial society was more post-racist than anything else. During the Obama administration, we saw the formation of the Tea Party and alt-right movements. We saw the eruption of Black Lives Matter and its negation by All Lives Matter. We saw the future president of the United States, Donald Trump, broadcast conspiracy theories via birtherism. We saw a conservative backlash that was not just partisan, it was prejudice. I could not understand how Obama could be elected twice, yet undergo such racial animosity. One moment that caught my attention was when he addressed the joint session of Congress in 2009 regarding the Affordable Care Act. During his address, South Carolina Representative Joe Wilson violated congressional decorum and shouted, You lie! That statement represented more than resistance to the Affordable Care Act. It symbolized the belief that a black U.S. president was a lie. There was a reason 43 out of 43 presidents were white men before Obama. 
And that reason became crystal clear in 2016. ta Coates described the spirit of Donald Trump's ascension into the world's most powerful seat. He wrote, Donald Trump arrived in the wake of an entire nigger presidency with nigger health care, nigger climate accords, and nigger justice reform, all of which could be targeted for destruction or redemption, thus reifying the idea of being white. Trump truly is something new the first president whose entire political existence hinges on the fact of a black president. And so, it will not suffice to say that Trump is a white man like all the others who rose to become president. He must be called by his rightful honorific, America's first white president. Before Obama, it went without saying that the U.S. presidency was reserved for white men. We apparently missed the memo in 2008 and 2012. But once state legislators weaponized gerrymandering, once the Supreme Court weakened the Voting Rights Act of 1965, unleashing voter suppression laws nationwide, once Trump received the Republican nomination, yes, we did look more like y'all never will again. I don't want to rehash Trump's presidency. The wound is still fresh. But one takeaway from the last four years is simply racism is real and it has no plans of leaving anytime soon. Although Joe Biden won the 2020 presidential election, over 70 million people voted for Trump. His supporters overtook the Capitol. And states are now doubling down on voter suppression backed by the Supreme Court. Conservatives have riled up their base over critical race theory, hoping to regain control of the House in 2022. Meanwhile, Biden is trying to restore the soul of America. But I have a question. When did America have a soul? Was it during the 18th, 19th, 20th, or 21st century? Was it during slavery, Jim Crow, or the age of structural racism? When did America have a soul worth restoring? Because there has never been a time in U.S. history when racial equality and equity existed. While some people of African descent believe they are descendants of pilgrims and Puritans, most of us realize that emancipation is not complete. So what to the nigger is the 4th of July? A day off to kick back with family and friends? It certainly isn't a day to celebrate the fact that America gained its independence from Britain because the apple didn't end up falling too far from the tree, like father, like son. In 1776, my ancestors remained enslaved for over 80 years. In 2021, people of African descent are no longer enslaved per se, but the demon of slavery is now the demon of structural racism. Quite frankly, America has a demon that requires an exorcism. In the spirit of Frederick Douglass, this 4th of July is still yours, not mine. You may rejoice, I must mourn. 
there remains an immeasurable distance between us. When Jefferson wrote, all men are created equal in the Declaration of Independence, he was not talking about my ancestors. Jefferson believed people of African descent were born with an immovable veil of black that signified inferiority. When James Madison inscribed, we the people in the Constitution, he was not talking about my ancestors. Madison enslaved people that were not considered human. When Francis Scott Key composed the Star Spangled Banner, he was not talking about my ancestors. Key was a staunch opponent of abolition. So when you sing o'er the land of the free and home of the brave, don't forget the third verse. No refuge can save the hireling and slave from the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave. Enslaved Africans and their descendants have endeavored to baptize America in the name of democracy. But as a reader of history, I now realize the Republic has too many backsliders that will smile in your face and stab you in the back and sinners that don't want to get saved. I have trouble pledging allegiance to a flag that enslaved my ancestors. A flag that is shitted all over the African diaspora. A flag that is entangled with whiteness. Theologian Willie Jennings has an operative definition for whiteness. He wrote, whiteness is a way of imagining the true, the good, and the beautiful configured around white bodies. Whiteness is a way of imagining oneself as the central facilitating reality of the world. The reality that makes sense of the world, that interprets, organizes, and narrates the world. And whiteness is having the power to realize and sustain that imagination. The time has come for America to snap out of whiteness. Snap out of its fairy white tales. Happy Fourth of July. And may the listeners say, Amen.